Welcome to the Westmoreland Podcast. We are two sisters who are raised as readers and world travelers. We grew up under the same roof, but have pretty different reading tastes. This podcast is our way to keep in touch with one another and with our listeners via our reading lives. I'm Heidi. I live in Central Virginia with my husband, Alexander, and our four kids. I'm a freelancer, homeschool mom, and avid reader. Today, I'm by myself, as on today's episode, I am recapping all the books I read in the month of June. This is episode 10 of season two, and I'm so glad you've joined me. June was a pretty good reading month for me, considering um, I read 10 books in the month of June. They ranged in genre and topics from sci-fi and graphic novels to books set in the English countryside. It was a wide range of um, just lots of feelings and me reading according to my mood. So I'm going to recap these books for you, let you know what I thought, um, and then let you guys go and add some to your TBR if they sounded interesting to you. So here we go. Book number one is The Martian by Andy Weir. Um, Andy Weir has gotten a lot of press lately. His new book, Project Hail Mary, just came out. I actually bought that for Alex for Father's Day, and he absolutely loved it. He read it so fast. But The Martian, if you don't know, is about astronaut Mark Watney uh, being stranded on Mars. He has to figure out how to use the technology and the tools that were left behind by the other astronauts to survive long enough until NASA can send a rescue mission to rescue him from the planet Mars. There is a lot of math in this book, um, but it is written in a way that even if you don't know it, you can really enjoy the book. Um, It is an incredible character study of a person who is hilarious and rises to the challenge of figuring out how to survive on another planet. Um, It is moving as everyone in the book has to make decisions um, for the sake of this one man. And it's very gripping in the end as you don't know whether or not he's going to survive. I confess that probably even up to halfway through this book, I was um, a little bit disenchanted by all the math. I kept asking Alex, like, should I really keep going? Like, does he survive? I don't know about this because there was, there was enough that I was like, man, this is a lot for my brain. Um, But all that said at the end, when it came down to the last chapter and Um, kind of the culmination of everything that Mark Watney works for, I was like short of breath. I was so excited to find out what happened. I was so worried about him um, out in outer space and what was going to happen. And so um, I can say that even though someone like me who is not a big fan of math and science, um, even though some of that was a little bit of a turnoff for me, I still really enjoyed the book. Like it definitely had me by the end. I may have cried a little. I may have had a little bit of a book hangover where you just feel like you don't know what to read next. So that was The Martian by Andy Weir. Book number two was a middle grade novel called Jefferson's Sons by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. This book is about Thomas Jefferson's slave children, four of his slave children by one of his slaves, Sally Hemings, and um, their lives growing up on Thomas Jefferson's estate, Monticello. Um, It's about their special treatment that they get as his children, and yet still the divide that is between them and his white children Um, as they are still children of a slave. Um, There's a lot of controversy, I guess, around this topic of like whether or not Thomas Jefferson had illegitimate children and by how many of his slaves and all of that um, kind of discussion. I personally have not studied or researched any of that. 
Um, but I really, really enjoyed this book. It gives a different perspective. And even if you, if you took out Thomas Jefferson, if you just thought about how many um, slave owners had children by their slaves, um, fell in love with a slave and had children with them, um, this gives the perspective of what it might have been like for those children to grow up and under those circumstances. So this is middle grade. Um, I really liked it. I do plan on when my kids are a little bit older and we're talking about um, that time period and we're studying Jefferson and slavery and, um, you know, moving into the Civil War in our history studies, I do plan on having my kids read this book just because of the perspective it gives and the conversations that we can have um, and the um, and empathy we can cultivate of what it might have been like to live in that circumstance. So um, that was Jefferson's Sons by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. And I will just put a plug in here for this author is really, really good at what she does. She pulls you in emotionally. Her writing is simple, but she gets you very invested in the story and the characters in all of her books. I've read three of them. Um, so I also highly recommend looking into Kimberly Brubaker Bradley if you're just looking for a really good story for your middle grade reader. Book number three was 400 Souls, A Community History of African America from 1619 to 2019, edited by Ibram X. Kendi and Keisha N. Blaine. I talked about this a little bit previously in another episode, so I won't go into a ton of detail, um, except to just say again that there is so much history that we are not taught um, in a standard American education. And books like this are 100% worth picking up to understand different points of view and just to get more information about things that have actually happened in our history. There is so much that I did not know about the history of African-Americans in this country since um, before white colonists um, landed and began colonizing America. Um, so I highly recommend this. The audiobook is narrated by a full cast and it is fantastic. The last thought that I had was that I just wish that there were books like this for every people group represented in the United States so that we could get a more full and complete history. So, um, so if you listeners know of any that are like this, um, please let me know. I am very interested in continuing to expand my understanding of American history from lots of different cultural um, perspectives. So that's 400 Souls, edited by Ibram X. Kendi and Keisha N. Blaine. Book number four was a middle grade or YA graphic novel called uh, Bone. This is the second in the Bone series by Jeff Smith. And this one is called The Great Cow Race, which is a very uh, <laughs> goofy sounding title. This graphic novel is a continuation of the story in the first one. So you do have to read them in order. And I can't, I don't want to give too many spoilers just in case you or your kids um, or like a teenager, you know, wants to pick them up. So this continues, continues the story of Phone Bone and the love he has for Thorn and the hilarious character that is Grandma Ben and Phony's attempts at a get rich quick scheme um, centered around the town's annual great cow race. It is really funny and light, and there's still a um, there's a more sinister plot line going around in the background, but there's a lot less of it in this one than in the first one, if that makes sense. So that's The Great Cow Race, number two in the Bone series by Jeff Smith. 
Book number five was Vienna Prelude by Bodhi Taney and Brock Taney. This is number one in the Zion Covenant series. It is a Christian historical fiction series about World War II. Um, I read this uh, as a sort of throwback nostalgia read. I read the whole series multiple times when I was in high school. I loved this series. The plot of this one follows a violinist named Elisa Lindheim. She is with the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra, and um, her closest friend, Leah, is a Jewish cellist. This is pre-World War II, technically. It's right before the Nazi invasion of Austria, and so there is a lot going on here. Um, you, have, you have the Jewish underground, the resistance as a key player. You have um, people already in prison as a part of that. You have um, Elisa, who at first is very um, ignorant and even in denial of the things that are going on around her. Um, you have the role that the Tyrolean Alps play in hiding um, refugee children. There is so much going on here. I don't think I'm doing it justice with the description. And um, this definitely held up as a great series from when I read it in high school. So sometimes with books that I read, read in high school, I'm kind of like, was that really that good? Or was that me just like again, learning something new and being really excited about it. But this is very good writing, very complex characters, very complex politics and things that are going on in World War II. It's definitely a step above your typical World War II fiction plot line because it gives a lot of historical fact and detail of things that actually happened during the time period as well. And even though it is Christian fiction, it is not beat your head up beat you over the head with the gospel Christian fiction. And I say that not critically, but just as a way to differentiate between um, this and other um, works of Christian fiction that incorporate a lot more um, verbatim gospel in them as a way to witness. This is written from a Christian perspective, but it is still primarily telling a very complex and beautiful story. So that is Vienna Prelude by Bodhi and Brock Taney. Book number six was another children's chapter book called The Trumpet of the Swan by E.B. White. This is about uh, a swan named Lewis who is born a uh, mute. He cannot honk or trumpet since he's a trumpeter swan. Um, and so he runs away to learn how to read and figures out a way to communicate. And it is his journey as he um, travels and communicates and pursues his one true love. We did this as a read aloud every night with our two older boys, and they actually really enjoyed it. I think some of their favorite parts were when the um, Lewis's father um, waxes eloquent and his speeches that he gives about very swan-like important things. Um, they There were a lot of giggles during those parts. So I definitely recommend this. It was very sweet and very funny. Um, and that's The Trumpet of the Swan by E.B. White. Book number seven was kind of the transition in my reading month into books that were just for comfort. So I got basically burnt out on more complicated plot, plot, plot lines, I feel like. And I went through like five books where I read a hundred pages and then I put it down and was like, I don't want to read this. And then I picked up Lark Rise to Candleford, a trilogy by Flora Thompson. So this is a trilogy. So it was technically three books in one, although two of them I think were maybe like 150 pages each, 200 pages. So very short. Um, but this is just a 
kind of an illustration of a little hamlet deep in the Oxfordshire countryside called Lark Rise. You're seeing this countryside through the eyes of a little girl named Laura. And the first book is mostly just every single little detail about life in the countryside that you could possibly want to know, written in very lovely English prose. Um, and then by the time you get to the third volume in the trilogy, it is about Laura and her leaving Lark Rise and kind of more about her character and her development of her personality. Um, this is very light, very mild. It put me to sleep a couple times and it was exactly what I needed to get out of a reading slump after just too much plot from some of the other books that I read <laughs> um, and was very comforting because there was a lot of beauty in it. So I will put a little disclaimer out there that you are getting on a couple of uh, gender stereotype issues. You are getting a very dated perspective. This is from the perspective of the end of the 19th century and the ways in which it talks about men and men's and women's roles in society and its portrayal of those roles is definitely accurate to that time period. So just know that going in. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it um, and relaxing with it. Uh, and that's Lark Rise to Candleford by Flora Thompson. Book number eight was called The Power of the Seven, Discover, Develop, and Deliver the World-Shifting Spiritual Gifts of Romans 12 by Darren Tyler. Uh, this is nonfiction. This is a an approach to personalities through the lens of Romans 12 by a pastor that my family knows personally. Um, and it was very, very interesting. If you're a fan of personality profiling systems like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or any of the other big personality profiles, this is a biblical take on very specifically the ways that spiritual gifts play out in personalities within a church community. So it's highly specific. It's very good. It's very fascinating. Um, it definitely gave me and Alex some direction and some conversations we've been having about our giftings and our roles in our community and what that looks like for our family. Um, and so I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. It's nothing fancy, but it is really good. And Darren Tyler does a great job just telling um, stories of people to illustrate the different roles and the different giftings he's talking about. And he's very gracious in the midst of all of it. So that is The Power of the Seven by Darren Tyler. Book number nine is another children's or middle grade book called The Penderwicks, A Summer Tale of Four Sisters, Two Rabbits, and a Very Interesting Boy by Jean Birdsall. This was a reread for me, but first time for my kids. We listened to the audiobook of this in the car um, every time we went somewhere, and they absolutely loved it. Um, you can't get much better than four girls meeting um, a new friend and their dog and the hijinks they get into during a vacation in the country. You don't get much better than that. Um, it was so fun. Lots of laugh out loud moments. And as soon as it ended, my kids asked me to start it over again from the beginning since it was going to be a couple days before we went back to the library to get another audiobook. So um, I can highly recommend that as a mom and as a reader. It's a delightful book. That's The Penderwicks by Jean Birdsall. 
And then book number 10 was called The Souls of Poor Folk by Alexander Irvine. And I talked about this in detail um, in my last episode with Katie Proctor, so I won't go into too much more detail about this one. Um, If you'd like to listen to that episode, go back to episode nine of season two, and you can hear me talk about how Alexander Irvine paints a picture of his childhood um, and his mother growing up in Ireland. So that's The Souls of Poor Folk by Alexander Irvine. And those are the 10 books that I read in the month of June. I am excited about... Um, telling you guys about July books. I'm already kind of on a roll with July. I've already read three fantastic books this month, um, and I'm excited to keep going. I'm getting back into audiobooks after a little bit of a break. I am currently listening to a book called Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas, and I'm currently reading a nonfiction book called How to Read a Book by Mortimer J. Adler. That one is very, very dense. It's literally about the method of how to read a book and understand it. Um, And so I am reading that one with a five minute timer (laughs) and I read five minutes at a time Um, and it's working for me. So it's great. So next up, I did just finish a fiction book. And so since I have an audiobook and nonfiction going, the next fiction I'm picking up is A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab that Lissa sent to me in the mail. So that's what I'm currently reading. Those are the 10 books that I read in the month of June. I would love to talk about them with you. So get in touch with us if you would like to talk more about those books. Thanks so much for listening. To support the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen or give us a shout out on social media. Our listeners are an important part of the podcast growing and reaching the right audience. So thank you. For full show notes with links to everything I mentioned on today's episode, visit our website, westmorelandpodcast.com. If you have any questions or want to talk books, find me and Lissa at Westmoreland Podcast on Instagram or shoot us an email at westmorelandpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, happy reading. We will talk to you again soon.